This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome back to Line Dance Podcast on Move Radio with Christopher Gonzalez and <laughs> and Megan Barcelia. And Megan Barcelia. Next up for you today, we would like to share with you this article from Steezy on blog.steezy.co. It's entitled, How to Choreograph Your First Piece in Six Simple Steps. This was written, I believe, by, oh yes, Jesse Ma on Steezy. Steezy. What does it mean to be creative? It's actually quite simple. To be creative means that you create. It means you make things. That's it. (laughs) Apologies if this simplicity takes away some of the magic, but being an artist can feel so intimidating sometimes. Perhaps this demystification of creativity is exactly what we need to take away some of the pressures of being a choreographer, writer, painter, or musician. It helps us be reminded that we're all just people trying to make cool sh- Censored that. (laughs) And you! You want to make your first piece! Guess what? You totally can and should. You are 1,000% capable, 1,000% ready, and 1,000% supported by us. Yay! (laughs) And to support, here's some direction on how to start the process. Follow this handy six-step guide or take the tips and tricks you want from it. Keep reading and start creating. We would also like to say that this, uh, this article is dedicated on our part, Megan and Christopher, to a couple of the pieces that we just recently finished that we have not released yet. We are awaiting feedback. First, we've got to send them out. To well, get there's feedback. an exciting process <laughs> first, yeah. but yes. Step one, find a song and listen to it like crazy. Finding the right song is either the hardest or easiest part of choreographing. Sometimes you hear a song for the first time and you know. You just know. It's Da Juan. It's actually spelled out for anybody who wants to look at this article. It says, it's Da Juan. <laughs> Other times you have to browse through your entire uh, iTunes library, really do. SoundCloud dashboard, Spotify playlist, and, st- and still not feel anything. True story. <laughs> but once you have a song and pick out the section you want to choreograph to, listen to it. A lot. And don't just listen. Listen with intent. Follow certain sounds in the music to see what you want to dance to. Look up the lyrics to see how you relate to the meaning of the song. (laughs) Discover hidden hi-hats and riffs that you can highlight. If you need to cut your music, do that first. Having to wait or skip around to different parts of it can interrupt the flow you are envisioning. Uh... So, yes, certainly listen to it like crazy. I know I actually, I will go through Spotify, ironically, um, and I will add tons and tons of songs to my possibility list. I will then give it a day or two and go back through and re-listen to them. From there, take away any of the ones that I was like, oh yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Um, but 
go and listen to the ones that I liked over and over and over again. And then finally, when I decide that, yes, no, I really do want to do something to that, I'll move it into my choreography list. From there, I listen to it on repeat for so much that I'm really grateful that um, whoever invented headphones did, because I think I probably would drive anyone and everyone crazy with how much I re-listen to songs. Um, and I certainly, each time I listen for something different, first I'll listen for the bass, then I'll listen for the treble, then I'll listen for the vocals, then I'll listen for any lyrics, any syncopation, I, I count it out, I try and figure out, like, is there a phrase that I really want to hit that hits the same way later on in the song that's like, you know, no, I can definitely play with that, or is it contrasting where one time it says push, the next time it says pull, like, hey, well, how do I do that? Um, but I listen to it on repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat. And if I don't get sick of it, then I know I have a song I could probably work with. Um, because when you've listened to a song all, over a hundred times and you still get really excited every time it comes on, that says something. Um, so I certainly certainly listen to it and I listen for every possible different thing that the music could be hiding um which since I started my choreography journey I listen to mu just regular music differently now too so yeah I I completely relate to that because I used to listen to music just because I liked it like I would listen to it because I liked the sound of it or I liked the story or it would just make me feel emotions or whatever. And that would, that's it. That's all it would be. It would just be for me to listen to it. And now I think, what can I do with this? Yeah. I, I listen to music almost like a tool or a, a, a coloring book. And I often will just not listen to something if I can't do anything with it because that's time I could have been taking re-listening to one of my choreography songs. Uh-huh. Also, I've been a very bad listener for both Ranch Dance Fife and Move Radio in the past few months because after we choreographed Can't Walk Away I started listening to all my other songs and in the months prior I, w I was listening to both of those other shows as much as I could and like trying to f trying to find new music and like what are the dances they're doing in o other places and then after Can't Walk Away I just started thinking more and more about what what am I going to do next like what am I what am I going to choreograph to next so I would be listening to choreography songs on repeat, and if I could, if I could tune in live, then you know maybe listen to one of the shows, but uh, otherwise my brain would just be surrounded in a bath of choreography possibilities. Also, it's weird how you mentioned about headphones. If I play a song out loud, and other people can hear it, and I know they can hear it, and it plays twice, I think, hmm, I should really change the track after this. Twice is kind of a bit much. I don't want to... Yep. I don't want to bore people here. Even if they know what I'm doing and they don't mind, I still don't believe them. You mean like me? Yes. And, <laughs> and twice out loud seems like more than I would want to put anyone through. On my own, when it's just me in the car or me with headphones, I can listen to that song all day mm -hmm. and hear new things and step and walk differently and open the car door differently and uh, pump gas differently just based on what's happening musically in case it inspires me to do something that I hadn't thought of yet. Yeah. Yeah. So when they say listen to it like crazy, like I'm sure we seem 
like crazy people with how much we listen to these tracks. Well, and I listen to it in all different kinds of forms, too. I listen to it <coughs> through my earbuds. I listen to it through my, like, $300 headphones that go over the ears that, like, block out all the sound. Mm. I listen to it on... Um, the stereo, I listen to it in the car speakers, I listen to it at work through the Bluetooth speaker, I listen to it on my little teeny tiny Bluetooth speaker, I listen to it um, through the TV speakers, through the surround sound, any type that I can get a different listen, because sometimes you hear different things because of quality of speakers or... Um, having certain sounds blocked out, but maybe not others. Um, it really allows you to explore the song itself because what sounds good in your headphones might not sound good in a surround sound system, which means, okay, will this sound good in a ballroom? Mm -hmm. That That is absolutely a consideration to make. That's why I've uh, ruled out some oh man, we should do an entire episode on just like what makes a song a possibility for a ballroom event. Uh, as we discovered talking with uh, Louie and JP, if a song doesn't sound like it's going anywhere, it might start out nice and mellow, and maybe it's the kind of song I would have listened to on repeat in college or late high school just because it's so, you know, background. You don't want a background song uh, when you're trying to lead a hundred something people in like an emotional experience. It has to go somewhere and it has to build to an emotional emotional catharsis of some kind or repeated events of that, like do something crazy. Um, if it does sound like it's going to be a little shrieky or maybe the the person's vocals aren't very clear, it's not going to sound on uh, very good on giant speakers. It might be fine when you're just you know jamming in your car. But that's just because it's your it's your car, and you'll give it a lot of passes for it's not meant to be like some uh, sound acoustic wonderland or whatever. In a ballroom, it has to sound actually good. Like the production quality has to be clean and clear. Yeah. And people want to know what they're saying in in a lot of these lyrics. You can't just mumble the whole way through. Those kind of songs don't really make it. Also, yeah, finding a song. Um, I will, on Spotify, on Fridays, go through and listen to all the new music on their um, Discover, was it uh, Fresh Fresh Music Friday or something? Fresh Friday. Some, something about Friday. But anyway, on Fridays they put out a lot of mu new music, and I will typically, the way I do it is I'll go, I'll start playing the first track, and I'll jump to about three quarters of the way through on the timeline of the song, and that's right near where the next track button is for me. Um, I'll listen to it for a couple seconds, and that's all it gets. If it doesn't have me hooked three quarters of the way through the song in a couple seconds, like if I hear some rapping or some guy going, uh, bah, duh, 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 I know I'm not going to do anything with it, so I skip it. Uh, if it's really loud and aggressive, like metal, electric guitar, going to skip it. And I, I do the same for like every song, a couple seconds, if that long, skip, 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 skip. And it kind of makes me um, feel like being like one of those music label producers listening to everyone's demo. Mm -hmm. Like, do we want to sign this guy? And the poor artist puts in heart and soul and months of work on this track, and then you skip it after two seconds of deciding it's not going not gonna to suit what you need. 
Uh, and then once I do hear something, even if it sounds catchy at first, like we had that experience recently with uh, Cut to the Feeling, we've listened to that so many times by Carly Rae Jepsen, wondering, is this enough? Is there enough substance here? Is there enough meat to get into? Because, yeah, she has a few things that she says in her lyrics that we could hit in theory, but do we want to? Mm-hmm. That happens with a lot of these tracks. Like, there have been songs that we've chosen that at first sounded like great ideas, and then they just got deprioritized lower and lower as other songs got our attention. And now we listen to them. It's like, do, do we want to do this one after all? Like, is there anything left in it that still inspires us? Because if there isn't, that's probably better to find out about now than when we've released the dance and people are requesting it at every event we go to. Uh, when we don't even want to hear it anymore. Right. So, like, you really have to love the track and know that you're going to love it for a while um, before you decide this is worth my time and creative juices. Something also to consider is that if you have some really clever movement and you use it on some track, that kind of rules out you being able to use that in good taste for the next few dances of yours. At least. Yeah, at least. So you have to be sure that it's worth spending on that particular song. Yeah. Otherwise, it's a waste. Yeah, I know. Um, obviously, like, I, I go through Spotify. I actually use their Discover Weekly, yes. which goes through old songs, too. So, like, I mean, mm-hmm. I've gotten stuff that, like, I used to listen to in high school where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I totally forgot about this song. Um so that mine's not just on the new stuff. No, I know um, I follow a lot of YouTube stuff when they give you the next video. Yes, I Because uh, I found some pretty cool tracks that way. Um, I also pay attention to tracks that catch my attention when it comes to, like, movies or TV shows. Mm. Um, and Because the problem is, like, with a lot of those... They only play so much of the song that's like the catchy bit of the song, but who knows what the rest of it really sounds like. And once you take the full listen, sometimes it's a really good song. Sometimes it's like, oh yeah, that like bridge was the only good part. I understand why they only use that portion. Mm. Um, Radio. I I, I didn't mention, but Spotify also has its radio feature, uh, which Google Play Music does as well. People who do Pandora... Uh, I used to use it more, but now not so much. We, uh, Megan and I share a couple of uh, plans. Like I guess they're family plans or something. Because I was already pay- paying for Google Play Music on my own. She was already paying for Spotify on her own. So we just made both of those into family plans and gave, us, uh, gave each other access to them. So now we can listen to everything on Spotify and Google Play Music ad-free. So that's one of the things I'll do with uh, the radio stations on each of them, is I'll take a track that I like, that I want to hear more music like, and then I will do the same process of skip part of the way into it. Oh, yeah. also, if it doesn't have something that grabs you in the first couple seconds, oh, yeah. like um, Do Something Crazy has that, uh, do something crazy, bam, bam, nah, nah. And you know something is coming. Or stomp your feet. I was going to go with the beast. The beast always grabs me. Yeah. Always. I'm like, immediately my blood just starts rushing and I've got to get out on that dance floor. Yeah. So if you don't have a track that's doing that, if it just takes too long to get to the part that gets your attention, then it might be one to rule out of your choreography wish list. 
I also subscribe to a super secret top secret top secret um, website I guess you could call it it's a place where people go on the internet and discuss popular music and sometimes they discover tracks this has actually happened several times with us um, there's that one about the place in the United Kingdom yes yes that one there's that one and then there's the one that we ha- I haven't released yet but we haven't named um, by a Dutch singer. And that one I also found through this website. Um, So if people, if people know about this website, I mean, you're all welcome to join the community. They're great. They are uh, very welcoming and they have such great senses of humor about all new music. Um, They keep tabs on the charts as far as like billboard and charts of other countries which i have also discovered is worth looking into on spotify oh yeah i look at like the viral top 50 in australia yeah because they have some interesting tracks out there and that's where you know maddie and simon are getting well at least maddie are are getting their um uh some of their artists that other people have not heard of yet and they have heard of over there so um australia and sometimes the uk but for all of you folks who are listening right now in the UK, you know how many choreographers you have, and there are people jumping on stuff left and right. So I don't, I don't look, I don't look at those charts with too much hope in my eyes, because <laughs> I, I know how that's going to go. But uh, but I of course I always look forward to what you guys come up with um, when when I'm sitting here in in my Californian beach chair or whatever it might be. Um, so yes, on that website, which is on reddit.com, um, you can go look for... I'll just make it slightly difficult. If you look for popular music or pop music, you'll probably find the subreddit that I'm talking about. Um, and you will also have access to all of these songs that they suggest, and which aren't all hits for dancing. For surely not. Yeah, there's some weird stuff out there and things that just wouldn't wouldn't make your body want to move um but occasionally way at the bottom of some comment thread uh there's one that i i found a great track for that we just finished a track for um and it was in a thread saying what is who is the pink of your country because pink is known in america but she's huge overseas in some countries so who is that for other people and I found that there is an artist in the Netherlands named Anouk, A-N-O-U-K, that isn't really big anywhere, uh, I guess, um, but she already has like a Greatest Hits album out, which must mean she's had some success in the Netherlands or you know other places besides the U.S. So, yes, look up popular music on reddit.com. You'll find the subreddit that I'm talking about, and maybe you will find a hidden gem amidst all of the other tracks that come your way. Step two. Get inspired. Perhaps this isn't just a step two, but something we can be practicing every day. There is inspiration for movement everywhere. I don't just mean in YouTube videos. I mean literally everywhere. Notice how leaves sway in the wind. Watch how they soar. A stranger's Subtle mannerisms, the twists in a curly fry, or bounciness in a boba ball. How the waves in the ocean swell and crash. The way your dog stretches in the morning. 
before he licks himself. The world offers <laughs> infinite, <laughs> infinite inspiration if you decide to be inspired by it. You can watch all the videos you want and piece together your favorite moves from your favorite choreographers. But in order to really make something of your own, try and come up with your own ingredients. Oh, Chris! <laughs> oh, God. Get inspired, Megan. Oh, yeah. To run away. I mean, um... <laughs> no. Uh, there is something to be said that, you know, everyday things can be inspiring. Um, you're really good about, like, what would this look like if it was done here kind of situation. When, when you say here, what do you mean? Uh, well, I think one of them was like, what would it look like if we did line dance in outer space? Yes. <laughs> As an example. Using um, the space station and having not just a one wall dance or a two wall or four wall, but one, two, three, four, five, at least six. And I don't even know if you use the diagonals. What is that? Another uh, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. A fourteen wall dance. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> again, so it's certainly something that it's I have a little bit harder time stretching going that direction mm. um, I result a lot on feel mm. like um, when the wind blows or something like that how does that feel against me mm. um, or like textures or stuff like that. Um, that's generally where my mind starts to go to like look at getting inspired. Um, another thing is just being inspired by the music itself. Like pick tracks that make you want to dance to them. Um, ones that speak to you in ways that you want to express something. Um, I mean, I... There's a, the dance that I'm currently working on um, was inspired by the feeling I get when I dance a different dance. And I wanted to capture a similar feel to that, but in my own steps um, is what I'm working on right now. And trying to avoid the similar movements is tricky, but... Um, it you know it's see how different dances make you feel and trying to recreate that in your own steps and sequencing is is really important um and it's a nice way to be inspired is looking at why do you like other dances you're currently dancing um what is it about that song or that dance or where is it hit or even that two counts of of steps what is it about those two counts that you keep coming back to that you've learned six dances that have those same counts in them uh why yeah i think uh, michael michael barr said something about a dance in his line dance podcast interview uh, it might have been like rain against my window or something where all it was was like a look and a look and that was perfect and it was all they needed for that spot right there and they were having trouble with those counts i think maybe i'm making that up i don't mm -hmm. know but um, it was just something as simple as a look and a look 
and it felt just right. And that's not some big technical thing that you need to go to an NTA workshop on either. That's just knowing how your body feels moving to music. Mm-hmm. Also, regarding the space station. Oh no, I brought it up, didn't I? You did. So I was wrong. Uh, I was thinking of diagonals in just terms of the corners where three walls intersect. But really, if you are looking at the four walls plus the roof and the ceiling, and then the edges where each of those meet, and those eight corners above and below you, you actually have 26 different surfaces. Because there are one, two, three, four corners around you, and then there are one, two, three, four corners above you, four corners below you. That's 12. There are eight corner diagonals like um, where the three walls meet. So 12 plus 8 is 20. The six faces are six. How many letters are in the alphabet? 26. You could have an A through Z dance. Steal that idea. Someone, please, before I do something with it. And now that we're done with your algebra lesson for the day. <laughs> Get inspired. Step three, freestyle. Freestyling doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be using these exact moves in your piece. You probably won't even remember most of what you do. The point is to let your body respond to the music. Notice how you naturally groove to certain sounds so that you can build your choreography around it. If you notice something you like or come up with a combination, remember to use. If you're in a rut, check out this video. And the video is How to Never Get Choreo Block. Our dancer, Ranter, gives tips on how to create unique movement in freestyle and choreography. We've done this with Jono, actually. We set up a GoPro, and we played a song that we were stuck on that we still are months later. And we just started moving around. And if anything felt good, we would either be watching each other in the corner of our eye and saying, oh, do that again. Or we would just check the video later, which I don't think we ever did because we never came up with anything we liked. We're very picky. Uh, Yeah, we certainly are. Um, This is actually one of my favorite parts of how I choreograph is the freestyle. It's getting up and just start moving. Um, there is no wrong step uh, when it comes to freestyle. So you have to like, unfortunately for me, I have to loosen up a little bit first and like do a whole lot of like, yeah, no, that wasn't right. No. And, and then I have to remind myself, you're exploring where you want to go. It's okay. Because that wrong step, and I use air quotes, uh, might lead you to the perfect step for the movement. Um and trying things over and over again. I don't mean, I don't know how many times last night specifically, I did like the same two or three combinations in the same spot, starting with a different movement. And I went, okay, well, clearly I like this like three or four count segment right here on this song. If that's, if I've started differently and gotten to that same spot each time, obviously I like it. So, you know, I took out that little segment that I liked and plugged it in. Um, and found things and worked around it to figure out what went better flowing into it and what came out better flowing out of it. Um, And unfortunately, there was like, there was stuff in there that I really, really liked, but unfortunately I couldn't recreate it, um, which is where it helps if you are 
comfortable enough recording yourself, you can then go back and rewatch it and be like, oh, that looks really cool. Let's see if I can figure out how I did that. Um, I do it with you too. I mean, when we're choreographing together, we'll separate a little bit, play and do our own thing and then come back together, show each other some stuff that we have. But every once in a while, when we're feeling stuck in our own separate sides, we'll look at each other and be like, wait, what'd you just do? What'd you just do? And do it again. Um, you're much better at create, recreating it than I am. I don't know how, but um, I will one day figure it out. Mm. But, and then building off of that. Um, because, you know, sometimes it's just, it's really just letting your body move and feel and express. Whereas once you start thinking and adding the brain in it, it can get blocked really easily. Mm -hmm. So you, you say that, um, that I'm able to recreate it. And one of the things, and I've asked this in podcast questions before, one of the things that I've looked at in choreography is the question of, are you creating these steps and the combinations or are you discovering them? It's like the idea of Michelangelo carving something out of marble. The marble is not changeable, really. It's there. It's how it's going to be. All you can do is take stuff away from it. You can't really add to it. It's marble. Um, we can with today's technology, but you know, back then, you just had what was there. So it wasn't a matter of inventing a shape in a statue. It was just discovering the statue inside of the block and getting all the stuff out of the way that was preventing it from being seen. With dances, all the steps are there. Just like with every book, unless it's like Shakespeare or Dr. Seuss, the words already exist. So your job is just to move them around and discover a combination that makes you think of a wizard and you know a journey that this child goes on or something. Um, in that way, we kind of have to stay humble with these dances that we create because anybody could have done it and it would be just as good of a dance objectively if the steps were exactly the same. What we did was just took the time to see what is the best fit of steps for a dance. Like we were doing a dance earlier today that had an extra rock to the side before a side shuffle and it felt awkward. If somebody else had done something different for that, then the dance would be almost exactly the same, but they would have discovered something that other people would like more. Um, when I freestyle and steps just happen to fall out, then I think it's easier for me to recreate them because if they are the most natural steps for that particular chunk of music, and then it's almost like it's what the dance wants to be or what the song wants to do to your body. If you're doing something else that's less natural, you won't remember because your body is like, Ew, I don't want to do that. But like, if you're flowing into that step and you can't help yourself, that's probably the one you want to keep. And there have been first drafts I've done for dances that I don't write down and I only kind of remember and maybe I'll show you some of it and if I can't remember it later, that's probably a sign that I didn't need to keep any of it because I was probably forcing it and it's not what my body really most wanted to do 
because obviously I could help myself. Like there wasn't that issue of my body just needs to do this right now. Otherwise it's doing it wrong. Like if I'm, if I'm able to come up with five other things I could be doing in that spot, well then I should just keep looking. What do you think? Do you think it's more of a discovery or uh, an invention process? Like how much credit should we take? And what happens if two people come up with the same dance to the same song? Are they both inventing it or did they both get lucky and discover it? I think it's a combination of discovering and creating. Hmm. Um, because it's, I mean, perfect example, uh, Can't Walk Away is set to Craving You. Hmm. How many different interpretations of that dance have you seen? Hmm. Quite a few. Um, there are similar movements that are expressed through a couple of them. So for me, that tells me that that particular movement, um, you know, belongs in the dance, mm -hmm. but maybe it's in a different spot mm -hmm. than what we heard. Mm -hmm. um, so part of it is definitely discovering a uh, perfect example the step slide for us um both of us wanted to do that repeatedly so when we fought to take it out and fix something else we had to put it back in yeah because it belonged there so that to me says like we discovered that step there as opposed to say um, the rocking chair. Hmm. Um, it was a good start. Um, it definitely helps the flow of the dance. It hits appropriately, but I feel like it came too easy hmm. in the sense of like where that step slide, we fought to take it out, but we just couldn't. Hmm. Um, I feel like we could have done something different than the rocking chair. I wouldn't, I would not have changed it at all. I love it the way it is, but, um, I feel like there is alternatives. Um, just like in, uh, the mambo step, there was two different ways we could hit that so much so that we put both of them as one as the actual choreographed and one as a styling option, mm -hmm. you know, um, so that I feel is more like a creative than a discovering. Um, so I, th I think it's a good balance of the two is you definitely have to discover what belongs there for it to be a good flow. But at the same time, it does take some creativity um, in creating the transitions between the two. So I don't know. Hmm. It's an interesting thought. Step four. Start piecing combos together via chunking. You probably decided to choreograph to the song because you noticed certain sections that you thought would look dope on the body. Is it a climax? A breakdown? An instrumental interlude? Or even like a split-second bass combo? Whatever it is, start from the part that you're super into. You don't have to choreograph chronologically from beginning, middle, and end. You can choreograph in chunks that come easier, then build the rest of the piece around it. If you've freestyled to it enough, 
then you will already have a good idea of how you want to shape the piece. When you have all the movement down, piece it together by setting those in-between sections. It's important to not throw away those sections either. Just because it's not a crazy backbeat doesn't mean it doesn't have the potential to look amazing. Sometimes it's those slower movements that are the most memorable. Create those movements with intent. A couple things come to mind. Um, we've talked about it before, certainly, that you don't have to start on count one. You can start on count five. You can start halfway through the dance if that's where the inspiration is starting you from. Um, because you, the whole idea of a dance is it flows right back into itself. So in theory, no matter where you start, the dance should flow in a circular kind of feel where one movement follows another, follows another, and it's just natural. Um, so I know that for me, a lot of times I like to try to start at the beginning just because it's the easiest. It's, it's, oh yeah, it's right there. It starts the song. I don't have to figure out where it hits in the song to really feel if this moves. But sometimes it's also the most elusive. Um, so I'll start a couple counts in. Or I'll hear something that I'm like, okay, I really want to hit that. I really want to hit that like this. How does it most naturally flow into that? Um, and then start kind of piecing those two together and working around it that way. Um, I, know, I knew that in the one that we just finished, two of us, there is a two-count hold that I knew I wanted to hit, hit hard, and do nothing. And so I knew that... Continue. Okay. Um, I knew that it had to set up to emphasize that hold to be what it was and be absolutely nothing and still and silent and then the two counts following that needed to be big in some way whether it's big in it's the fact of very small and precise and delicate or big as in like here's a huge movement um, having that nothing break that two count hold was going to build that kind of suspense. Um, and so like I think holds and soft movements are crucial tools to amazing choreography. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, look at Shady. Just those two simple breaths. Mm, yes. You're not moving, really. It's just your body, it's, or just your upper body. Your hands aren't even really going crazy or anything like that. But it puts such an emphasis on that particular moment that it's crucial. Mm -hmm. So um, don't discount whole counts. Don't discount sequencing. And certainly don't discount holds. Mm -hmm. They really are there for everyone to use. And it really does help build. Yeah, we talked about the use of negative space, like in art. Sometimes what you're not showing can help imply what you want to be portrayed. Um, 
similarly, there's a part where we're touching, our hands are touching, and when we're not, it's very obvious. You feel like we should be. Counts go by one after another, and you're like, what happened? I thought we... Oh. And then there's that one part where we touch again, and we come head on straight at each other, and it's so satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that helps with this is a visual representation for me on paper of the dance. So I'll kind of scratch out um, where the syncopation is most obvious and where I definitely want to hit. And yeah, they're almost like little islands where like I need to get there somehow, but how am I going to do it? Um, How many options do I have? what would flow best and if I have enough structure in place if I know that the beats say I need to do bum 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 but I don't all I know is here's where I need to end my foot has to be on this this side Uh, my weight has to be on this side and the words you know they don't really suggest anything in particular then I'll do the freestyle thing and I'll do, here's the chunk I know. I love it. I'm, I'm not moving. This is it. And then I'll just think in place, march, 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 march with my right and left feet to that syncopation. And then I'll get to the next island with my foot on the correct side or my weight on the correct side. And then I'll just do that as the song plays over and over. And instead of marching, this time I'll do like walk, triple, left, rock, recover, full, turn or something like that. And that um, that eventually, hopefully, yields something something that I end up keeping. All right, step five: polish the execution of your moves or of the moves. Polish your execution of the moves. A lot of us have the problem of making choreography that looks good in our heads but not our bodies. At that point, it's a matter of practice. You have to make sure that your body is capable of following what your mind envisioned it to do. Some refer to this as cleaning or setting, which involves looking at certain pictures of your body, pathways between points, or drilling quick combinations. When you choreograph, imagine you're choreographing full out, meaning, Don't do a move halfway and think that you'll be able to piece things together at the end. How you practice is how you will execute. And how you choreograph will be how the piece looks. Let body rolls go all the way through your body. If you want to plie somewhere, really bend those knees. If you're doing floor work, well, good luck. Do it all the way. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's important not to stop yourself as you're choreographing something and in the sense of like when you're starting to follow a train of thought and you're starting to get tripped up, um, if you keep going through that, then essentially you can find that gem that's on the other side versus if you just stopped yourself. Um, I know one of the things that 
I do is um, with this first particular dance actually that I'm doing right now um, I did most of it on the plane trip to Florida I had a several hour flight and I was like okay well you can't exactly get up and dance in the aisles on the plane well, without people looking at you and the stewardess asking you to sit back down. But, um, so for the most part, I was in my seat, occasionally tapping out with my feet. Um, so I had an idea of what I wanted, but until I was able to get onto my feet and actually try it and feel how it feels, it was all just a theory. Um, I also know you and I definitely are fortunate in the sense where we'll be like, hey, this is what I'm working on real quick. Tell me what you think. Does it feel normal? Does it feel natural? Because this is what I really want to do here, but I want to make sure that it's not just me. Um, and we both have been able to give feedback to one another about, okay, well, this pulls a little bit this way, or this feels really, really good right there, or... Um, I keep wanting to turn here. I don't, I, I don't stop or something to that extent where it's really helped us then flush it out a little bit more and really kind of figure out how it looks and feels. Hmm. Yeah, it's definitely happened before where what happens in my head and what happens when I actually do it are very different. Mm -hmm. Like it'll it'll seem so clean and easy and genius in theory and then I'll do it and within two counts I know it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, and that's true that, you know, how you do it in practice is going to be how you do it in full. Like, when we thought we needed to add some kind of styling or whatever with K is for kicks and we were trying that thing with the doctor doctor feet mm -hmm. it seemed like a good idea and then you know people would have that option if they wanted to but what we kept doing was just the shimmy because it was fun and then what do we do when it's actually playing at a club or at a community center class we just do the shimmy because it's fun yeah that simple we didn't need anything else but I mean, people have that option if they want it step six make edits novelist earnest Ernest? Ernest Hemingway. I almost <laughs> called him Ernie Hemingway. Anyway, novelist Ernest Hemingway once eloquently said, the first draft of anything is... It's weird. I said it and it didn't come through. Is... I heard I, I get, it. It's just, it's just censoring me over the airwaves. I, that's I totally heard totally it. Totally convenient as well. The first draft of anything is... There are probably moments within your piece that are perfect to you. Don't change those. If that came from a real place during your creative process, keep it. But the assembly of the piece as a whole is probably a bit rough around the edges, especially if this is your first time choreographing. Don't worry if it's not exactly what you wanted it to be. You can work your way there. You can do this by trying out variations of movements, scrapping some sections, changing directions, or adding floor work, whatever you feel is necessary to edit the piece. And honestly, that's what makes creating so fun. Trying things. Saying, nope, not that. Or, yes, oh my god, it worked. It's supposed to take multiple drafts. Just keep editing until you're done. Until you're done? Yeah. Well, when are you done? Good question. Many of us are perfectionists, 
and find it hard to feel that a piece is truly complete. We keep thinking, it could be better, it could be better. While it's awesome to try and keep improving your piece, there comes a point when you have to say, yep, it's finished. This point is not necessarily when the piece feels perfect. It may never feel perfect. But if you feel proud of it, go ahead. Give yourself a pat on the back. Record the piece and share it with us. Did this help you start choreographing? If you have choreographed before, how did you approach the process your first time? Comment below to share with us. When I say us and when I say below, this is on blog.steezy.u.o.co. Letters. Letters are hard. <laughs> blog.steezy.co. That's where we use eight counts. <laughs> Not 26 parts. This article is entitled, How to Choreograph Your First Piece in Six Simple Steps. Again, that last piece was for everybody as I scroll up and stall for time. <laughs> Step six, make edits. Yeah, um, I don't know how many times we've made edits upon edits upon edits just ourselves before we've gotten to a point where like, okay, I think I'm okay with showing you this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Tell me what you think so far. Um, and there are certain parts where it's like, no, 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 I love that bit. I'm not changing that for counts. But the rest of it, I'm open to what you have to say about. <laughs> um, I am a huge believer in not just looking at something, but figuring out how it feels when I want to give you feedback. Um, because something that looks really, really cool can feel really, really different. Something that looks in a, meh, yeah, it's cute, okay, can feel amazing. So um, before I give any feedback, I like to actually try it. Um, I do sometimes uh, preference things with like, I'm not sure how that's going to feel because it looks kind of different or it looks weird or it doesn't look necessarily right, but I'm going to try it anyways. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I have you test out my stuff, too, is because how I dance is very different than how you dance. And so it might pull more for you, whereas for whatever reason, I'm, you know, rotating my body ever so slightly. So it's a different feel, um, which is crucial. And after that, after we finally have a draft enough that we feel OK, all right, I think this is good. I think this is where we, we want to we do this. We submit it for edits, uh, i.e. We, we ask people if they're willing to look at it and try it out and tell us what they think and tell us what they hear. Um, I'm, I've said it before, but any feedback I get with like, well, if you, if you try the steps this way, I will try. I will certainly try and see if it feels better or not um, because I never know. I never know if maybe for whatever reason that syncopation is going to feel different than this one or changing those into whole counts is going to be more satisfying. Um, we got really, really fortunate with Can't Walk Away. And we really loved the steps the way they were. So that with each feedback we tried, um, we still really loved ours and how it felt. So I'm really proud of that. But I, I certainly tried all of them because, you know, you never know. 
My dances are all perfect the first time through, but I mean, I I can see why other people would want to make edits. <laughs> they gotta figure out their own way to the paragon of line dance, which is what nine in the afternoon, I guess. <laughs> Don't Google it. I'm not proud. It's a part, I don't know how, part C with short A's, short C's, and D's, and I don't even know. But um, I did edit it until it was not going to break my legs to do it. (laughs) So, yes, at some point, you do need to just say, this dance is done. Sometimes that point is, whoops, choreography deadline was about five minutes ago. (laughs) Better submit it. (laughs) Oh, dear. Yeah, it's okay because it's all a learning experience. Um, I it's all great because you get feedback from people when you enter it into competitions, um, and it's all a growing process and it's all stuff you can take to your next time you choreograph, and that's probably the best part about once you get your first one out of the way, you've done it. Now you have no excuse. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and ultimately, whatever anybody tells you about like what the masses would like, if you are unhappy doing it based on the changes that you felt you were pressured to make, don't change it. Or maybe have two versions of it and just name them slightly different because you're the one who's going to be called out onto the floor every time you go to an event if it's massively popular with everybody. And if you look miserable up in the front while everybody else is super hyped, they're going to feel foolish. Like wait a second, we, we thought we were going to all do this together like and be happy and stuff, and you don't even like your dance. Like You better fake it really well, or you're going to make a lot of people real sad. So don't do that. Make the edits until you feel like you're floating away and you're having a, a party in your own room. Like Do it so that you would do it anytime it came on for any reason. And if other people don't want to do it with you, at least you'll get to enjoy it. They can have their own dance. They can go through this article and choreograph their own stuff if they want something that's better suited for them. Ideally, you'll have something that works for both of you. Pretty much. And on behalf of both of us, we would like to thank you for tuning in yet again to Lion Dance Podcast on Move Radio. This has been Christopher Gonzalez and... Megan Barcelia. And until next time, we hope we will somewhere out there (laughs) see you (laughs) on the the dance dance floor. floor.